0: All right, guys, I think
1: we all can agree that estimating repairs can be tricky, especially if you're new, right? So there's lots of different ways to go about determining your repair estimates. It can also vary depending on the location of the property, the type of property, Uh, where the property is located. It can can vary based upon the exit strategy as well, right? So are you planning on wholesaling it? Are you going to fix and flip the property? Are you going to keep the property as a rental, right? So on and so forth. Estimating repairs is difficult. I struggle with it still to this day. And I think a lot of individuals that are getting into this business are really struggling to determine those repairs as well. I have a solution for you guys. Head on over to dpipodcast.com forward slash repairs, and I'll introduce you guys to the software that Mike and I use in our own business to help determine our repair estimates, okay? dpipodcast.com forward slash repairs. This software is amazing. You guys can get a 66% off uh, by going over and checking out that link to the software. Also, not only does it help estimate repairs, but it also will help generate a seller's net sheet which will help justify your offers. It'll actually generate a scope of work that you can actually give to a contractor in the event that you end up buying the property, but also a repair sheet that you can give directly to the seller. Last but not least, you can actually generate a contract based upon the repairs and the comps that the software will help you with all in one place. So head on over to dpipodcast.com forward slash Repairs and check out the software that Mike and I use in our own business to help determine those repairs because we all know it can be difficult. And if you screw up your repair cost or your ARV, one of those two numbers, the deal may not work. Check it out, dpipodcast.com forward slash repairs. All right, guys, welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. This is your host David Dodge with my co-host Mr. Mike Slane. Mike, good afternoon. What's going on, Dave? How are you, buddy? Haven't had you on a podcast in a while, dude. Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good minute. Good man. Doing really good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good deal, man. Go ahead, please,
1: please. I I yield the floor to you, my my
0: man. I was going to introduce our guest, uh, Mr. Jeff Kaufman. Thank you so much for joining us. This is. uh, Yeah, you were on the show, one of our first guests, I believe. It was yeah, probably,
1: back, at, back in the day, man, it's probably been two, three years at this point. It was. It was episode 29. So, man, it's been a long time. That's right. But Jeff, is uh, he's one of our good buddies. He's one of our fellow investors. He sells us deals. I think we maybe have done some joint ventures. I don't know if we've sold him any or not. But he's also located here in St. Louis, Missouri, where we are located. And we're bringing Jeff on today because he has some very, very, very unique skill sets, and talents that not only do we want to teach you guys about on this podcast, but Mike and I are interested in learning a little bit more about it as well. So today we're going to be talking about sub to investing, subject to investing, as well as some other very, very similar type of owner financing and, and creative financing techniques. Welcome, Jeff. How the hell are you, my man?
2: Good, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. This is round two. I'm excited Round two,
0: baby. Yeah. yeah. So guys go, if you haven't listened to Jeff's podcast, go back and listen to that first one. And, uh, one of the things that, that I got from the last episode, my favorite little nugget about subject to Jeff was something super, super simple. And what you said was you never say the word subject to when you're talking to sellers. Is that
2: change Jeff? Or I is that still the same? It's still the same for me. Uh, I, I just don't like scaring people, you know, um, Really, if you think about it, those folks that you're talking to, it's not every day that you are going to approach somebody, ask them to give you the deed to their house, uh, and they just willy-nilly do it. So uh I don't like to scare people, and I feel like when you get technical and when you get uh, you know, super into the weeds with people, it's just it's just intimidating. So I still to this day, I still don't do that. Yep. That's a it's that's that's a
1: good It's cool. good though. I mean, really it's better. I mean, you, you can easily describe the process without saying that to them. So, yeah, if you can avoid it, I think that probably makes the most sense. So, right. guys, this is, gonna, this is episode 172. And Jeff was on episode 29. I'm looking at wow. the history here. So, Jeff, you are, uh, went from 29 to 172. We're going to have to get you back when we get up into the 200s, my man. We love having you on the show. It's good to catch up, man. I haven't seen you around town recently. Well, and
0: that's really what I want to know from Jeff is what's changed in your business and what's changed in the way that you approach sellers. Uh, that's a, that's a great question. Yeah.
2: What's- yeah. So a lot has changed in my business. Um, I actually, I am, you know, I still do some wholesaling. Uh, it's, it's a requirement, but I have um, gone back to my roots, so to speak. And I just, I'm just a buyer. That's it. That's all. That's the way that I look at it. Uh, You know, I just go out. I market for properties, and I'm just a buyer. And then from there, I'm a transaction engineer. That's really all it is. And and wholesaling just happens to be uh, one of those exit strategies for me. Jeff, do you remember when we met? It was at a Mexican restaurant.
1: You wanted to meet, or you know, we wanted to get get together. And I was with my wife. Yep, I remember that. And the reason that that even came to to my memory is because. When we were sitting down, I don't even think you ate. I was like, dude, grab something to eat. And you're like, I just ate. And I felt terrible, but we, we met. But one of the things I remember from that meeting was you saying, all we are in this business is transaction engineers. And I literally remember it like it was yesterday. And it just sparked my memory by you saying that again right now. So I love that yeah. your mindset hasn't changed at all. I mean, that's all we are, guys. We are, we are um, transaction engineers. You know, We're just trying to help somebody solve a problem and usually the property isn't even the problem it's there's something else that's underlying right yeah. um so i just love that i wanted to bring that up real quick
2: yeah i mean i got wrapped up in uh, like a lot of people do and this is probably something that uh you know a lot of your a lot of your viewers should really take to heart uh, i got wrapped up in you know keeping up with the joneses and i got wrapped up in uh, doing things that um you know took me off took me out of focus took you know i started doing things that just weren't in my wheelhouse and i have uh i have learned over the years that uh, focus sticking and staying focused is just absolutely paramount and it's the most important thing that you can do um in my in my opinion in this business man focus is power like yeah. Shiny object
1: syndrome is the killer of, mm-hmm. of, of goals. It is the killer of goals. You, you gotta, yeah. you gotta set those goals. You have to, and then create a plan, right? I, I love the saying, um, a goal without a plan is a dream because that's exactly what it is. Right. So figure yeah. out what your goals are and put together a plan and then focus on that plan. And that's it. That's how you get be it successful or become successful at anything, not just real estate. Yeah. So focus is power. Well, wouldn't you agree, yeah. Mike? I mean, it's yeah. It's, I mean, again, we get it's we got it. It's
0: it's got to be that way. We chase a lot of shiny objects, so can definitely relate to that, uh, Jeff. I mean, there's there's no question about it. It's very very hard. I think for most entrepreneurs to stay laser focused. So you got distracted, but uh, you want to stay focused on your roots of uh, of of being a buyer, right? That's kind of what you're trying to say.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. And, uh, primarily, and you know, kind of a side, not an aside, but, um, my, my, my preferred acquisition strategy is creative financing. And when I first got into the business, you know, the first three houses that I bought, uh, were all done sub two. This is back when I had absolutely no idea what the heck I was doing. I mean, no, I mean, I literally, uh, was trying to find I was trying to find title companies that could help me out. And, um, what ended up happening was I ended up developing a process for myself or the beginnings of a process for myself on how I, on how I was to do these in the future. And, um, I've just built on that and built on that over the years. And, uh, it's all culminated kind of in, uh, this big, huge library that I have now of, of all of these processes and systems that I've built. And, um, that's kind of what I'm uh, gonna gonna be putting out to the world here, uh, very soon. Okay, so, cool. Do you yeah. have a
1: course or any or any? Uh, I know I've seen some 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 Facebook ads recently. Uh, what are you working on right now?
2: Right now, uh, I am building out. I actually have I call it my legacy course. It was called Subject to Investing for Newbies, and um, it's still available. I don't push it at all, just because I am currently what you know. What I found out through building that course was. There's a lot to take in. I mean, there is a ton to take in when it comes to sub two. It's so new to a lot of people. Uh, so, what I decided to do is I decided to break those out into uh, individual little mini courses. And uh, an- another problem that I was having was the people. I've got, I don't know, 40 something students in that course. And the problem that I was having is that um, they would have to go search through that course and find exactly what it is that they were looking for with the mini courses. I find they can just go directly to that course. It's very, very um, subject specific. And so uh, all they do is they go into that in that little mini course, and there it is. It's a, it's a really, really simple, uh, much simpler process for students. So, oh yeah. Guys, if you want to
1: check the course out, go to dpipodcast.com forward slash sub two, S U B number two, sub two, dpipodcast.com forward slash sub two. You can get more information about Jeff's course um, or many courses and the link to that course right there. Jeff, let's talk about what you're working on these days here in town. You said that you know, you're know you a buyer, you're looking to solve problems. However, your preferred method of uh, purchasing is the creative
2: finance. So, what does that look like? How does that work? Well, you said uh, it's funny you mentioned you said here in town. I, I'd focus in on those keywords. I've actually, uh, I've actually. I have a JV program that I that I developed. Um I call it my collective joint venture partner program. And so right now I'm actually not working in town. <laughs> right now I'm um closing a deal out in uh Lahui, Hawaii. I've got one working. Hawaii? Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I've got, I've got one working. I'm working in North Carolina and I've got one working in in um in Washington right now. So uh I've kind of I've kind of branched out. It's it's really strange how it happened um, I just kind of had started, I started having people contact me. Uh, I guess when you, you have very specific knowledge, um, people seek you out. I don't know. I guess that's, I guess that's what's going on, but I'm not complaining about it. Uh, it did help me uh, to develop this, this whole joint venture partner program. So, um, as far as in town goes, I still have a few, um, a few properties. We are actually uh, selling those off. So, um, uh, my exit strategy on all these has totally changed. Uh, I decided, I know you guys are, are big into rentals, but I have decided that I can't stand being a landlord. I hate it. Hey,
1: and that's okay, guys. I mean, some people have it in them, some people don't. That's right. I don't have it in me either. Mm-hmm. However, I have a property manager that does it all. So right. I like the property side of the business. I like the finance side of the business. I like working with Mike and my other and our other partner Bill. So there's a lot of advantages, obviously, to it. But I can't stand dealing with the people. So personally, right. if I didn't have a good property manager, um,
0: I wouldn't be in. The I business. wouldn't. I wouldn't
1: be. I wouldn't do <laughs> landlording personally myself. Right. I learned
0: very very quickly. I'm the same way. I yeah, cannot I, do property management, but I can do the taxes and the numbers and sure. the rehabbing. So yeah, and I'm
1: happy to go out and, and look and all that stuff. Right. We're, and, we're in
0: agreement with you on that. Yeah, one, we're in agreement with that one. Yeah. So. Oh. So tell yeah. us what the, what the life cycle then is of your deal. So you get a property, you're buying it with creative financing. We often refer to it as subject to because I think that's more often than not what you're buying with, right? Is the, 100%. Yeah. 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 Okay. Excellent.
2: Yeah. I like to get the deed.
0: Yeah. Perfect. You, you get yeah. the deed, but uh, the mortgage stays in someone else's name or some other entity's name, correct? Right. You got it. You yeah. got it. Yeah. So, so what's, what's the life cycle? Walk me through that or walk us through that.
2: Wow. Uh, okay. So, um, I actually have a a really good slide on this. I'm I'm not going to bring it up here, but, uh, it's essentially, you know, starting from the beginning, it's, it's actually, I'm going to kind of weave a little story here, but really it's a a matter of, you know, getting in front of the right people first. We all know that. We all know we have to have the right motivations, especially, uh, I think if you're going to be doing something creative, um, so it's getting in front of the, the right people first, um, it's, it's kind of the way that I explain it is with subject two. if I'm going to pick up something creatively, I am not necessarily looking to close anybody. So for me, if I can get in front of the right person and that's either through the list that I build, uh, or it's going to be, you know, I don't know what you guys are doing. I think you guys are doing a lot of cold calling now, if I'm not mistaken, but getting in front of the right people, uh, with the list that I build, uh going out and meeting with them and trying trying my trying my best to uh, not force the issue but but really make them a part of my team and have them actively participate in the deal with me get that property under contract uh, pick it up subject to and I actually do all my own closings uh, I've, I've found that you know the biggest problem that I have in this business is finding people, uh, mainly the professionals that we're that we're looking for you know the attorneys insurance companies all that all that stuff like that um, are all of those people that's become the huge the, the the biggest single issue that I've had so I just decided to learn and teach myself how to do this and so uh, from beginning to end it's it's basically on my shoulders uh, that is my path and that's what I've chosen to do I hope that answers your question I kind of there's so much to talk about in that, in that, you know, in that question that uh, it's very hard to narrow down one thing for me.
0: So, sure. well, so, so t- just walk us through one deal. Maybe, I think that might be a little bit easier. Like uh, your most recent deal that you've sold off. Could you kind of describe that one? Sure. You know, like the, what, what happened in that one, the ins, the outs, if you have, if you have one, again, if you don't remember the numbers, that's okay. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I've
2: got a, this is a perfect one. I've got a, um, Let's talk about the one in Hawaii that's going on right now. Oh, yeah. Excellent. I love it. Um, so I got contacted by a uh, by a wholesaler here in St. Louis who contracted on a house in Hawaii. Who and, was uh, it?
1: Drop his name, bro. <laughs> Mr. Tyler,
2: Mr. Tyler Carey. Mr. Okay. Tyler Carey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Tyler contacted me. He knew that I was into uh, sub two stuff. So essentially, Tyler contracted a property out there. In uh, Hawaii he's working with he, he has some some magic that he's doing I, something that I've never really heard of to be honest with you he's a pretty sharp guy uh, but he brought me this deal and um, essentially uh, this is going to be a retail flip so he contracted this deal he has uh, hired me as uh, using my services to actually walk them through this deal and and um, so they've got this property under contract. We're working with a buyer. He already has a buyer in place. And the numbers on this one um, look pretty good. This is about a, there's about hundred grand in equity on the table here. And so we were able to secure this property uh, with $35,000 cash and then take over the mortgage on it. Uh, the mortgage is right around, uh, I think 230, something like that. So, and this is a little apartment. This is a tiny little apartment in Hawaii and it's almost $400,000. So it's, it's, its value is almost $400,000. So what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to buy that property in a trust. And then we are simply going to assign beneficial interest of that trust to the new buyer. Uh, The new buyer being uh, Tyler's buyer.
1: Okay. So, Hey, we got to take a We got to take a pause for a quick second, right? So guys, if you don't, if you're not familiar with sub two investing or what subject two is, go listen to episode 29, where we interview Jeff about what that is. So Jeff, if people are listening right now, I don't want to, I don't want confused listeners because that's just not the point. Right. So let's just take a quick, maybe two minutes or less and define sub two, if you don't mind, because you bought this sub two, right? Say again, you bought this sub two. I, I'm a JV
2: partner on this one.
1: Got it, right. But, right. You're, you're, but, but you know, essentially what, what I wanna explain though is they have, there's a mortgage on this property for 300 grand. It's worth 400 grand. They only right. had to bring 35 to the table. How, like if you don't understand sub two, that makes that doesn't right. make sense, you know what? I'm, how does that I'm,
2: work? I'm really, really bad at that. No, I, no, I, it's I'm, okay,
1: and I'm glad, that it's okay, that's fine. Let's just explain that real quick and okay. then we we'll keep, so keep going.
2: With this deal, there is, a, there is a mortgage on this property for 230 and some change. Now, the uh, Tyler, who is who is the wholesaler on this, is has got that property under contract, and he's got it under contract subject to. And what that means, all that all that really means is that he's going to buy this property. He's going to pay the the seller uh, a set amount of money. Now, you don't have to pay anything. It just all depends on what you negotiate. But he's agreed to cash this seller out at $35,000. So the seller is going to get a $35,000 cash payment.
1: Okay, so guys, just real quick, what that means though is that they're willing to pay the seller 35 grand cash direct. has nothing to do with the mortgage itself. So really Jeff's buying this for 230 and change plus 35, and I should say Jeff and Tyler.
2: You got it, you got it, right. So what's gonna happen is the owner of that property the current seller is going to deed that property into a trust. Now you can use an LLC, you can use whatever you choose. Uh, we chose to use a trust on this one. Um, but that mortgage that's that's already that's in place right now, that's being that's that the payments are being made on right now, that mortgage is gonna stay there. And then uh, it's gonna be our responsibility to make the payments on that mortgage. In place of this, in place of the old, the previous owner. Once we close, he will he will become the previous owner. We're going to get legal title to that property, and that mortgage is going to stay in place.
1: Okay, cool. So guys, understand this real quick. The property, the the the, the mortgage on the property is two hundred and thirty and change, and the seller had agreed to sell the property but keep the existing financing in place for Jeff and Tyler, uh, but he wanted thirty five grand. So you know, typically you would need two thirty plus thirty five. That's two sixty five. Call it two hundred and seventy grand to purchase this property. Jeff is the king of creative deals here, and obviously he's, he's got his partner on this one that he's joint venturing with. Again, gets creative. Love that. And they're saying, "Hey, seller, um, we'll buy it. Um, we don't really have intentions of keeping this long term, right? Maybe three, four, five months, most, right?" So you're also, when you're pitching him on this, you're not having to say, hey, we're going to keep this financing in place and we're just going to rent this thing out for 10 years. You know, best of luck on your credit or whatever, like on trying to get a new house. That isn't the goal here, right? Instead, it's, hey, keep this in place. It makes no sense for us to go get a loan, pay off your mortgage company. That just adds cost on everybody. Only person that wins here is the bank. Uh, Let's just keep it in place. But we're going to give you that 35 grand on top. So his purchase price is, you know, his, the debt that's owed is still, it's still going to be 265, 270, but the out of pocket's only 35. So the existing mortgage that's there stays in place, right? And the way that they are structuring this and Jeff, feel free to interrupt anytime is they are transferring the property from the individual's name into a trust, which is completely legal and normal. And it happens every day. Thousands of times, I'm sure, across the country.
2: Probably happening as we speak. As we speak,
1: right. And then what's happening is, instead of the owner owning the trust, that's what gets sold. It's the ownership of the trust. Therefore, you can keep the owner's financing or the, the, the current owner, which will become the previous owner, you can keep that financing in place, yet the deed actually can transfer to the new owners because Jeff and Tyler will be the owners of the trust. Am I saying that right?
2: Sort of the the trust, you know, we can get, we can get down a rabbit hole with, with, uh, with entity structure, but essentially, <laughs> essentially the trust, uh, the trust is the owner of the property. Got it. Okay, cool. Uh, and it, the trust, but you guys is, have
1: the controlling interest in the trust at that. Point. Correct.
2: Yeah. So the trustee is actually the one that takes title inside a trust. Love it. The, the okay. Beneficiaries are the, um, are they realize all the financial benefits and gains and losses and things like that. So, cool. but yeah, you, you've essentially got it. Cool, Jeff. Thanks for just taking that quick
1: break. Because again, if people don't know, that kind of explains what this is and how we're doing. Again, go listen to episode 29 with Jeff. It's uh, about an hour long, and yep. uh, we talk about it in great detail. So that'd be a great place to start. But now that we're back, so you guys got the trust set up. Where where, where do you go from here?
2: Got the trust set up. We've already found an end buyer. So um, essentially, this is this is like a whole, This is a wholesale deal. That's what this is. Um, and there are definitely, there's definitely some danger in wholesaling subject to properties. I will tell you that, uh, they need, it needs to be done correctly. Um, uh, but it can be done. It can totally be done. Uh, it's done many times a day all over the country. Um, so essentially we've got a buyer. Now we're going to take our beneficial interest in that trust. We are the beneficiaries of that trust. We're going to take our beneficial interest and we're going to sell our beneficial interest for a fee. And that is our wholesale fee. That's how we're getting paid on this deal. So what, if you don't mind me
1: asking, what's the deal look like in the end or what's the projections? It sounds like you guys have a buyer, but it hasn't closed quite yet. So, um, and this is in Hawaii guys, Jeff, you live in St. Louis still, right? That's right. I I don't even think I know Tyler. I think I heard of him. Does he live here too?
2: He does. Yeah. He's, he's local here. So, uh, really I guess good.
1: before we even talk about that, how the hell did you guys find this deal, or how did Tyler find it?
2: I, you know what, he explained this to me. <laughs> He's working with uh, uh, some some lenders somewhere that uh, I guess they've got some notes. I could be I could be totally wrong here. Sure. Yeah, I guess they've got That's some. Just curious, notes that are not performing. So it's
1: basically he got a lead from networking. That's what yeah. matters. That's just curious yeah. where the lead came from. So yeah. networking, yeah. guys. The more you're yeah. in this business, the more leads you're going to get from networking. I did a podcast on this two days ago. Literally, when I first started, I had 0% referrals. And now that Mike and I are five, six years in, you know, 30, 40% of our business is from referrals. So I love that. Love that.
2: Yeah. Brother, you cannot have a greater lead source than referrals. I don't care who you are. It's the free lead source. Yeah. Not just free. They're just the best. I mean, they're, you know, these people that you're talking to, they know exactly what you do. Exactly. So, and they're not looking for everyone else to come give them bids either. It's like, oh, you can help, great, come over. Yep. I've run my business for almost two years off of off of leads at about seventy five percent. About seventy five percent of every dollar that I've made over the last two years has come from referrals. That is. That's awesome. No. That's that's amazing. Yep. Yep.
1: Hell yeah. Okay. Cool. So I get off on tangents. I apologize. So back to uh,
2: the projections. Uh. Well, the the. The end, the end game here is we already know that our buyer is going to flip this to retail. Um, don't ask me why, because I'm the JV partner here. I don't know why we didn't just take this down and then us flip it to retail. But uh, that being said, um, you guys are wholesaling it to a wholesaler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. essentially give or take. Yeah. Well, you got to keep in mind. I'm, I'm the, uh, I'm, I'm a JV partner, so I don't yeah. actually have controlling interest in this, in this property. It's, so it's what you got some of problem. the profit coming your way. That's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get paid. Uh, we'll get paid off of that. Uh, essentially I'm, I'm really getting paid for my services or I'm actually just being paid for, uh, knowing how to do this, to be honest with you. That's, that's really, that's really it. You're uh, a coach. You're coaching. Yeah. Coaching joint venture coach. I love it. Uh, the the back end profit for our uh, for our retail seller now he's going to have uh, some things he's got to you know he's he's not totally in the clear here there's going to be some things that have to be done to this property that i personally am not willing to do i'm not willing to hire a contractor and trust a contractor in hawaii to do the things that that need to be done to this house in order to get it retail ready or this apartment rather that's so, six
1: time zones away from here by the yeah.
2: way yeah so <laughs> I just
1: ordered two, that's six <laughs> that's about a quarter of the way around the world guys
2: but once it's all said and done and um and this guy does get this house in retail ready condition uh he's going to turn and flip that house or that apartment rather i keep calling it a house he's going to flip that apartment there's potentially 80 to 100 grand on the table for him so nice so you guys are leaving meat on the bone for him yep. which is awesome you guys are buying
1: it with creative financing, subject to an existing mortgage via a trust. You're wholesaling it to another investor. There's still room on the meat on the bone. Uh, he's going to rehab that property, list it. And uh, is he, is he going to rehab it or is he going to wholesale
2: it? I think he's going, he's going to do some uh, paint carpet type stuff.
0: I'm not 100% be sure. be a wholesale if he's buying it. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm I can still little fuzzy on too. So, what's the order of operations here? So, what's happening first? Are you guys taking it down, or are you doing yeah 35k? Are you? I understand, but are you doing a true wholesale to where you're having the your buyer buy it? Double close type of Double thing. Double close. Like, are you bringing the 35k to the table? Or are you having your buyer bring the 35k? The buyer. K. That's the good. That's Perfect. why we chose a trust. Man, you know. left out the the best yeah, part, yeah. dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's have why we time chose a trust
2: because we can sell our days. beneficial interest in that trust for, you know, once we have it, once we have the trust built, the trust doesn't have to, you know, you don't have to go out and get new title work done. You don't have to get a, you know, another title policy. Um, once the trust is in place and that property is transferred into trust, all you're doing at that point is selling your beneficial interest in the trust. So that's where that 35 K is coming in. We're going to sell our beneficial interest and, now he own now he has our buyer has one hundred percent beneficial interest in that trust.
0: Yeah, so you're doing this all at the same time though, right? Correct. So you're basically Got assigning the, the end buyer's doing it, you're closing on it or rather putting it in trust at the same time. So the the seller who is the current mortgage holder, he's getting his thirty-five grand. Uh, you're getting whatever with your the agreements is. of staying in, staying with having the loan in his name for a few months, mm-hmm. right? right? And right. Then your end buyer is fully aware that he has to make those mortgage payments and all that stuff. So, how much do you stay involved in this then? Uh, knowing oh, wow. that, that
1: gets complicated when the very, buyer is willing the, to buy sub two and he's holding. Wow. Right. So okay. now it does. It Woo! does. And this
2: is why. This is why I talked about the danger in in wholesaling subject two deals. Um you know, I give, uh, I give a class on this and it's definitely one of the areas that uh, probably gets the, most, uh, gets the most questions asked in. And uh, I, I recommend that people don't actually wholesale subject to deals unless they are willing to stay in that deal in some manner, at some capacity. Because ultimately you have made the promise to make that payment for that seller. You've made the promise to the seller. And, uh, I, you know, integrity is a, a really, really huge thing for me. And if for some reason, and this is actually why we chose the trust as well. If for some reason your buyer cannot make that payment, you've got to jump in and make that payment. Uh, so, so what ends up happening is in, a, in the trust situation, you can do this with an LLC as well. But in the situation with a trust, we remain, there's a position inside a trust called a director. Now a director would be the equivalent of a manager of an LLC. And as manager and or director, we're just going to stick with the trust. We'll just say director. If you're the director inside a trust, uh, you have the ability to pull uh, to, to replace beneficiaries, To change to the, the beneficiary
0: bill. without their without their approval essentially. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. So you basically so not actually like the uh, um, controlling interest of an LLC.
1: Yeah, similar. I would be a know, member. Yes, yeah, so, uh, of like um, power of attorney essentially to
2: change. Um, sort of, but this is a this is a private contract. Gotcha. So it would be if I had to equate it to anything, it would be just like the manager in an LLC. Gotcha. A Makes manager sense. can replace a member of an LLC. So it would be the equivalent of, of, of that. I actually have a property here in St. Louis down in 63128 where, whereby I did is this exact same thing, but I used an LLC to do it. I'm the manager of that LLC. What I did was I, I offered a membership in my LLC to this rehabber. I remained the, the controlling member, or manager rather, of the LLC. I gave it to him at a discount because there wasn't a lot of uh, there wasn't a lot of juice in this deal. If I were to wholesale it off, he would probably not have uh, done as well as he as he's done. Um, so essentially, I stay I, I sell him 80% membership in that LLC. I remain 20% vested as a member, and I'm also the manager. So when he goes to sell this property, I've given it to him for very little upfront. I think it was two thousand dollars. He goes in. He's fully, you know. He goes in. He brings all the cash to rehab it. Uh, he gets it all done. He lists it. That house is actually now uh, it's under contract right now. When that house sells, I will get my twenty percent membership back out of it. I'll get twenty percent of the net profits when that house sells. Does that's that make good. sense? Yeah, that's yeah. a great that's, that's a great, great way to join so, venture with somebody. You know, work, just take the yeah. back end profits and at
1: uh, least more meat on the bone for for him and. You know, the thing about these type of deals, guys, that I think we kind of skipped over. It goes without saying, but, you know, let's say it. You know, we're creating, or Jeff in this scenario is creating multiple wins. I mean, for one, he's, he's helping a seller solve a problem. And it may or may not be the property, right? But either way, the property's going to be purchased. Um, Jeff's going to get paid. He's not doing this shit for free. Come on, let's be real. He's getting paid, right? Mm-hmm. He's teeing up with other investors. So in the Hawaii deal, it's a joint venture with another guy, and he's helping them do it. Um, but he's also helping another guy, the buyer in that situation. That's like a four win, right? there. That's a win, 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 win. And then the South City or the South County 63128 deal, um, similar situation. He's helping the seller. Uh, He partnered with the buyer on this one, right? So he's actually gonna take a piece of the gross profits in the back end. So again, triple win. That's what we always shoot for as investors, not so much wholesalers, as investors. We gotta seek motivation, find those people, get in front of them, tell them we can help them. And then we create as many wins as we possibly can.
0: So before yeah, we conclude, though, I really do want to go back to the Hawaii deal and back yeah, to 10, one, question, one question not in a hurry. that uh, that I really do want to kind of get, get back to is, Jeff, you, still, you said you have to be willing to stay involved in it in some capacity. So mm-hmm. how much are you invested in this deal? I understand you're the director of that of the trust rather so then what is your responsibility and what are you doing then so like how are you how do you monitor that are you going to go in and monitor the mortgage payments every month or uh, I mean what do it's you a, tell the buyer? I mean how do you, how do you yeah no that's a
1: great that? question because right now we've essentially learned the how-to hmm. well so, some of it but let's talk about the how do
2: right well <clears throat> one of my uh, one of the keys here and it's an absolute requirement before you actually take something down subject to is to get online access uh, to a, to their bank account or to their, uh, to their lender's the mortgage,
0: yeah. online portal.
2: At that point you can set up email notifications um, on this one. I know it's a short term deal. So there's, there's no reason. Um, there's no reason to believe or no reason for me not to go in and, and uh, and make sure that that's done or Tyler for that you matter. Do that
1: regardless though, no matter right. what.
2: Right, you're gonna, here's the
1: thing. I mean, I guess, ideally, you don't have to check it, right? But worst case scenario, you're gonna need access, so you might as well get it in the beginning, guys. I mean, I think that that is probably like one of the fundamental things that you need to understand here is, everybody needs to be on the same page. Yes, you can create a win-win, but you gotta have access to that account. So if they're not willing to give you information to access it via their channels, and again, I wouldn't rely on that. I really highly doubt Jeff does either. I would get paperwork filled out that gives you access to that channel via your own login. So it can't be taken away from you,
2: right? What I do uh, on my own, you know, if it's my deal solely, I go in, I change the password and everything. I don't, I don't. Let that way you can't in. get locked out, I love it, right, very cool. Right. Uh, but you very much have to be involved with your seller here. I mean, you don't just buy this uh, and then you walk away and that's it. And that's, that's really the problem that I have with assigning subject two deals is a lot of people will do that. Um, but you're, you're, you're very much upfront with your seller. You are very, very truthful in everything you do with subject to. Um, there's a lot at stake. I don't think, you know, I know there's some big names out there that are teaching people how to wholesale subject two deals. Um, but there is a lot at stake for a seller to do this. So I just prefer to be very upfront. Um, so you know, let's talk about that just real quickly. Once at stake, why would somebody
1: you know, be willing to do a sub two deal and why would you approach them as, you know, as doing a sub two deal versus um, all the, I mean, there's a 100 different options, right? That you can do to help somebody with a deal, right? So what, what makes a good motivated seller? Like what's the perfect motivated seller? I can tell you when Mike and I look at a deal, it's like has to have equity they need convenience, right? Like, right. you know, as, as investors or really specifically wholesalers, you know, we trade convenience for a discount. So right. if they're willing to give us a discount, why would we wanna go out of our way and break our backs to give them a ton of convenience? So the perfect seller for me, equity, house needs a ton of work, they don't wanna fix it, they don't wanna clean it, and they're willing to give us a discount, hopefully a big discount for the convenience of me dealing with all those problems.
2: How does yours look? It, it's it's so great because every everything you list there, I am almost 180 degrees opposite of you. So that's why I ask, guys, and that's yeah. okay. Yeah,
1: Look guys, you can do deals in good markets, bad markets, up markets, down markets. This is Dr. Seuss over here, right? Right. You can do these in any markets, any equity, so, boom. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that's, that's crazy. He's 180% differently what he's looking for, and he's still making thousands of dollars flipping houses. That's right. crazy.
2: <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about equity. Um, I'm going to talk about list building here. You know, you guys go out and you build a list. One of your requirements, probably minimum, is I'm going to say 30% equity. I mean, usually minimum. 35. I've, I just pulled a list the other day, and I did 50% or more. Right. So, yeah. For me, uh, if and when I talk about getting in front of the right people, that is where it starts for me. If I'm going to go out and build a list as a creative subject to investor, I can go out and build a list where I can eliminate 50% of my competition simply by simply by not requiring that huge equity spread that everybody else needs. I would say
1: higher than that, man, but yeah, well,
2: at least, yeah, I mean, it that's so I, my, my. Max equity on any list that I build is twenty percent, max. So uh, I will go. I have been known actually to buy houses with negative equity in them. It just, I'll only do about three percent, three to six percent, just yep. depends on the the price point of the house. But you can totally do it, and you can still, uh, you can still really do really really well. It's a cash flow, it's a cash flow business. That's what it is what it is yeah oh. the equity doesn't matter as much
1: because you're looking okay. for the cash flow Correct. now on this deal so you're getting paid a percentage of profits on the six three one three eight deal but the hawaii deal um you guys are you selling that now you're selling it sub two but how are you getting paid on that one if you don't mind me asking is it i'm a-
2: actually getting a flat fee uh-huh. okay you're
1: getting a flat fee that's cool it doesn't matter yep. uh, but you're getting paid though that's that, that's all that matters yeah. right yeah but the um the, your friend Tyler is he getting a piece of the deal or is he getting a wholesale fee?
2: He's getting a wholesale
1: fee. He's and is getting that paid that, on on closing of acquisition or closing on on the exit.
2: That is paid at the um, at the. I didn't word that very well. It's, I understand what you meant. It's yeah. it's paid at the change of beneficial interest of, of ownership of beneficial interest. But when
1: it gets subbed into the new buyer's name, he'll he'll get paid. You guys yeah. will still be the directors, I guess. So you have to I monitor that. that deal. Yep, But I mean, what do you have to lose? Maybe one or two mortgage payments. And if you have to find a new buyer, you will. But right. hopefully you don't and you get right. paid and then he sells, he makes money, mortgage gets paid off, win, 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 win. Yep. Love that.
2: Yep. Mike's, Mike's quiet there. Mike's, I can see the, can see the wheels churning.
0: <laughs> no, it's great, man. It's great. He just can't get so, a word in. Well, exactly. Dave loves to talk. <laughs> so that, right. And that is one deal which is really, really cool. And you said you don't like to wholesale them that much. My question really was going back to, what is your new model? You said you don't wanna be a landlord. So is the model always gonna be wholesaling it? Or is the model for you buying subject to, uh, waiting till equity's paid down and then selling it off because you just don't want the long-term? Or what's the, what's the play here? I mean- great question. A cash flow business. Here's but, the play. Mm-hmm. The play for me is, if
2: I'm going to buy something subject to uh, and I don't have the equity in it to go ahead and flip it, wholesale it, or wholesale it off, or or just you know sell it out, sell my beneficial interest in it, or whatever. I'm going to hold on to that, but I'm going to start looking for a buyer immediately, and I am going to owner finance that buyer. Ooh, I am going lovely. to write.
1: This is like creative financing on top of creative financing on top of creative financing. You're so acquiring it sub to either wholesale or wholesale or whatever that might be, but. Whenever you do that, you're typically looking, not always, but sometimes you're looking to sell it to them on owner financing, which will allow you to charge them retail, if not retail, plus 10%. Mm-hmm. And I would right. imagine your cash flowing in monthly by so, the bridge of it, you're going to get paid when it does sell. Um, and you probably get paid in the beginning too. So you're getting yeah. paid three or four times here.
2: So you get a down payment. Essentially, what you're doing here with this play is you are uh, you are arbitraging interest rates. That's all that you're doing for your cash flow. So if I know that I've, you know, consumer consumer mortgage interest rates, owner occupied interest rates are always going to be way down. You know, right now they're three and a half, three, seven, five, something like that, where uh, if it's an investor, it's going to be in the five range. But if I'm buying them with 3.5, 375% interest rate on them, I'm turning around and I'm going to arbitrage that and I'm gonna charge my owner finance buyer seven and a half eight and a half nine percent interest and that is how I'm making my cash flow that's where the that's where um and the cool thing about that is is I get to build that i get to i get to base that percentage rate that my owner finance buyer pays based on how much cash flow i require on that deal so i get to i get to create that out of thin air you know i'm like the uh the Federal Reserve Bank of Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Uh, Not only that, I get to, like you said, I get to, um, I get, I'm gonna get a down payment. I require a down payment. And that number is gonna depend on, you know, based on the area that you're working in. Uh, But I'm also gonna sell that house for a little bit, a bump in price on the back end too. Because, you know, as long as an appraisal will support that sales price, uh, I, I would go to the max of what that of what the value of that home is on the back end.
0: Okay, That's awesome. So you're you're basically selling it, um, yeah, owner finance, or you're selling it. I guess basically, uh, um, what's that called? Like a lease option too. So basically, you're, yeah. you you want to owner yeah. finance, and then get them to refinance out or right. option out of it in a year or two. Then, so it sounds well, like
2: lease option would be something separate from this. I'm actually offering. You know, I'm actually offering owner financing on this, so I'm going to have to send them a 1098 at the end of the year. Uh, they get the tax write-off. Uh, that's one of the trade-offs with owner financing is I don't actually get the, uh, the tax benefits. Yeah. Uh, they get that because of the interest that they're paying me. Um, I no longer get to depreciate the, the property. I don't get the 27 and a half years. Um, and 100%, I'm okay with all that. I'm okay with it because I just don't like being a landlord. So that's the trade-off. You can absolutely lease-option these. You can still take that depreciation. Uh, You can take all the tax benefits, all of that good stuff. Uh, My problem with lease-option, and I have lease-option properties right now, is that I'm technically I'm still a landlord, and so and then there's uh, there comes an issue where you talk about um, where we start talking about equitable interest and equitable title. Uh, things that I just would rather avoid, just go straight owner finance, be done with it. And, and that's it. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Owner five, you know what? I've been wanting to break into the owner finance game. Um, Mitch Steven is a good buddy of mine. He took me hunting on his ranch down in, uh, San Antonio. This guy is a beast with owner financing and he leases, do you, you know, do you know, Mitch Jeff or her? I don't him? know him. I've
2: heard of him. I don't know. Him. Oh, I'll
1: have to connect you with him. he's the coolest okay. guy ever, such a nice guy. Uh, but anyway, he he's got he's got 21 or 22 million dollars lent to him. And he pays those investors, you know, six percent, seven percent, eight percent, depending on the term in mm-hmm. which they lend it to him. If they lend it to him for longer, he'll pay him more, but otherwise it's like six, seven percent. And then he turns around and he buys the properties with those, with that money, and then he sells the property owner financing on 30-year notes, but the yep. interest rate's like 10, 11 12%. 100%. He's arbitraging yep. the funds, and he is just crushing it. But the cool thing about the owner finance, and as you know, is you're not the landlord. As the lease option, you are, right? Yep. The owner finance, you're the bank. So if the, air, if the air conditioner goes out, I mean, it depends how the lease option is written to. You know, maybe uh, maybe you could deal, have it set to where, you know, all of the major stuff is on them. But if they don't fix it, guess who really owns the house still? You do, right? right. But yeah, that's these, what I... But under- perfect- you own it, so it's yeah. like if if if, the, if a tree falls on the house, hey, you got insurance. Don't call me, right? Unless you want me to foreclose, you right. know. Like that's the only reason you should be calling me, right? So love that. I love that.
2: Yeah, it's uh, uh it's just a headache way free of cash flowing. and like I said, there's trade offs to it for sure. Um, but cash flow is cash flow, man. That's the way I look at it. Love it, guys. Jeff Kaufman is the man
1: when it comes to to subject to creative financing, owner financing, lease options, you name it. This guy has all the tricks up his sleeve. I love communicating, networking, chatting with Jeff. He is the man. Go check out um, all things Jeff Kaufman at dpipodcast.com forward slash sub two, S-U-B number two. Uh, Jeff, send me all your stuff so we can get that on the site. This won't publish for about a week and a half, two weeks. So we got a little time, but yeah, send me all that stuff over. And then obviously, you know, go check out Jeff on social media. Jeff, how could somebody reach out to you or uh, find you on social media? What's your favorite platform and what's the handle stuff?
2: I'm still, I'm still a Facebook guy. Uh, I'm trying to get into Instagram, but I, you know, something about Instagram just doesn't ring right with me. Okay. <laughs> but no, Facebook, uh, there's check there's out the, our page, Sub2Empire. On Facebook, uh, we have a group, and it's a subject to real estate investing mastery on Facebook. Uh, go check those out. We have a YouTube channel. It's uh, just look up. Uh, we actually so so sub two empire actually runs under. Um, we have a learning platform called Hey Investor that we've developed, yep. and so sub two empire is a um, is a is a course of of Hey Inve- from Hey Investor. So. Got it. Send uh, so me all those out-
1: links, and then we'll, we'll get those into the, uh, into the portal here, guys. Just to simplify, we're not sending you 10 to 20 different links here. dpipodcast.com forward slash sub two, and we'll have all of Jeff's information right there for you at your disposal. Jeff is one of the nicest people I've ever met, and I'm not just saying that because he's on the show. Like, truly has a heart of gold. Uh, Jeff, when I met him, had a full-time job, and since then, he's quit his job, and uh, is just absolutely crushing it. I see the deals that he's doing around town. This guy knows his shit, so I would highly recommend if you're looking to learn more about Sub Two or creative financing, check out some of the products and the in the courses and the coaching that Jeff has to offer. Anything you want to add to that, Mike? No, thanks for listening, Jeff. Jeff anything you want to Thank add you. to, uh, or you know, on the on an exit note, any anything you want to add? Um, I, I guess let me let me say this. Let me ask you a question that that would probably be a little bit more beneficial to the listeners and the audience here. If you are new to real estate investing, right? What's the first thing that you would recommend to the listeners in the audience to do to, to, to start
2: being an investor, right? What was, what's the first thing that you'd recommend? Well, I will tell you that um, without question, every single successful investor and business owner that I know has had a mentor. If you if you can find a, a good mentor, um, I mean, you've got a couple of them sitting sitting right there on 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 screen um you guys are excellent wholesalers you're excellent mentors Uh, i do creative financing so um i would be one in that arena but i mean if you can find a good mentor whether it's you guys or me or 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 none of us just go out and find a good mentor find somebody that you can trust somebody that puts your interests above their own and is gonna uh, you know take you under their wing and show you the ropes i love it jeff Thanks for coming on the show again.
1: Guys, once again, we did a show with Jeff, episode 29. Go back and listen to that one as well. Tons of uh, more, a lot more information in that episode about the how, how this is all structured and what it looks like today. We did some of of the case studies on, you know, what's Jeff's working on. But again, he is the man. Last but not least, head on over to dpipodcast.com forward slash sub two. And also leave us a comment over on DPI podcast as well on this episode. And let us know what you thought of the episode. We love communicating with you guys on the podcast site. Um, Until next time guys, signing off. Thanks for watching, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks guys. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience.